r slash ask reddit lawyers of reddit what was your hold it moment where you knew you would win i had a client who was accused of taking a young woman's car and then crashing it fleeing the scene the girl testified at trial that she had given him the keys that night because she was drunk and would never ever drink and drive apparently she was not aware that i had requested and obtained a copy of her driving record which showed she received a dui a month after the incident i still remember the look on her face when i handed her driving record to her and said except for that one time you got caught a month later right the look on the judge's face was equally memorable so i'm guessing her testimony was just not considered credible what happened with your client i can't remember what exactly the judge called her testimony something along the line of absolutely not believable there were quite a few other evidentiary issues that pointed to the possibility that someone else perhaps an inebriated young woman was driving the vehicle at the time of the accident client was acquitted I trapped a defendant pretty badly one time. He testified in a depot he had a green arrow for his left turn and that my client ran the red. Unfortunately for him, the additional turn lane arrow was installed two months after the wreck. Case settled for policy limits a week later. Not a court case, but your story reminds me of an accident I was a passenger in. A woman illegally turned at an intersection. There was a sign for turn on arrow only, and hit the car I was in as we were crossing through. We pulled into a nearby parking lot and were exchanging information. The woman was freaking out and in tears and me and the driver were just standing there uncomfortable. An uninvolved person saw that and apparently seeing the woman crying and two big guys there decided that meant we were bullying her. She comes up and starts screaming at the driver and says she's a witness and it's all his fault for running a green light, aka, driving through the intersection. It wasn't a trial, but during a deposition on a case where two former employees decided to start their own company in a very niche market, but decided to make their plans on company laptops they unsuccessfully tried to brick. One of the defendants was the one being deposed. She said she answered to a higher power than the company. When pressed on what that meant, she said herself, that got reused prominently at trial. Edit. Because multiple people have asked and finding a clarification in the replies might be annoying. There isn't anything illegal about wanting to leave one company and start your own. The problem was how they did it. Which was trying to poach existing clients while still employed. Which breached their fiduciary duty. Particularly of loyalty. I believe we also went after them for intentional interference with contract. As they weren't trying to solicit new clients for their business but rather trying to get existing ones to break their contracts with our client. Using the company laptop to try to do it just made it way easier to catch them when the company IT guy found all the emails. And for privacy reasons, I won't say what industry it was, but to the person who asked, no, it was not a high-end escort service. I've never had to deal with one of those. I did have to ask a witness once about a sugar daddy website once, though. So that was fun. It's a powerful answer, to be fair. Sadly not powerful enough though. Yeah you either have to be really high or really powerful to walk away from that feeling like a winner. I was sued for a car crash. While the plaintiff was on the stand, she began recounting the event and everyone realized it was a completely different crash. Different cars involved. Different time of day. Everything. Upon cross-examination. She revealed that she had four lawsuits running concurrently and couldn't keep them all straight. The jury foreman looked at me and rolled his eyes. 
Her eventual payout, paid by my insurance co, was a pittance, less than the initial settlement offer before the whole thing went to trial. Her lawyer was shaking with anger when court adjourned. He was one of those we don't get paid unless we get money for you guys. So he lost a lot of money on that one. Jesus. How does she find the time to get into four different car accidents all so bad they result in lawsuits? Her husband helped. I think it was their retirement plan. I was reviewing the transcript of an interview with a child. The child made incriminating statements against my client. At one point, when discussing the allegations, the child used an odd word, but I didn't think much of it. A few days later, I was watching a video of the child interacting with their grandmother, who hates my client. From about a week before that interview, the grandmother used the exact same odd word in the exact context the child later used it. At that moment, it became clear that child had been coached. It was the first real aha moment of my career. I hate, I mean my blood boils. When people coach children and use them in this way, you are a disgusting pose to use a child like this. No one ever knows if a child is lying or telling the truth moving forward which makes them so vulnerable. And the kid themselves just is destroyed by the lie. Sometimes they start to believe the lie. People suck. My client has been keeping her son away from the father because the father has a new child. She is concerned that her son will act violently towards the new child and she could be held liable. Judge, that's not even a defense. Man this sounds like a really sad family situation for the older half-brother. Sounds like his mom is pissed that his dad has moved on so she refuses to cooperate and wants her kid to hate his dad and the new baby. I worked on a case involving defective processors. In discovery we got emails from the defendants engineers that had worked on the processors. They were in an Asian country but the emails were in English because they were going to US executives. One of the more senior engineers basically laid out the exact defect we were suing over, explaining what the problem was and why it was their fault, and finishing with this is big problem. We ship crap to customer. Needless to say we hit them over the head with that in mediation, and they settled shortly after. Engineer being ignored. The sky is blue. I suck at haiku. Your honor. I have screenshots. Screenshots was all it took for a douche in my area to get sent back to jail. He was on probation and harassing fam looking people in a Facebook group for our city. He made the mistake of including me in that list. Including threatening to rape me for being not sexually attracted to the correct sex. And threatening to discreetly hurt me in ways that wouldn't be noticeable usable in court for calling him a kitten for trying to bully women on the internet. And being laughably shit at it since I'm not even a woman. He was two days out on bail for a sexual assault and torture case. His bail was rescinded. For a creepy douche on the internet. I assume it wouldn't have been taken seriously had it not been for what he was already being accused of. And the fact he specifically said he intended to hurt me in a way that somehow I couldn't trace back to him. Other than the publicly posted messages. I guess. I think that he thought the court doesn't know about the internet lol. He also lost his job over it. Since he had his workplace publicly listed, and they didn't want to be associated with, you know, rape threats. Wait wait wait, hold up. He threatened to rape you for not being attracted to the correct sex, but you're the same sex as he. Makes perfect sense. Not a lawyer but I played one in small claims court. My lease had an exit clause that said if I fronted 2 months rent, they would work to lease my place and return anything unused. I checked with the office ahead of time. 
they ensured me there was a waiting list, so I gave them the 2 months and moved. They never returned a dime. I talked to the new tenant and confirmed they moved in a week later. In court, the judge was commenting on how he didn't see anything explicitly saying they would return any unused rent, even though that intent was stated to me a few times. Dumbo from the leasing office piped in with your honor. In almost every case we can return some money, but in this case we didn't have a tenant in the two months after he left. So she gave the case back to me and I presented the affidavit from the new tenant confirming the move-in date. Judge awarded me double what they owed. Turns out leasing office Dumbus 1 and 2 thought they could lie to me and return my excess rent money to themselves. Not a lawyer. Years ago I had to do something at a strip mall in a bad part of town. Took me about 20 minutes and then I found that my car had been towed. Ubered to the tow yard. Giant sign says cash only. Had to call another Uber. Drive to the ATM and back. And pay them $300 some bucks. Got a shitty handwritten receipt that, believe it or not, was itemized. Went home. Googled. Found that they violated the law in three separate ways. Towed illegally. Illegally refused to accept credit cards. And had multiple charges that the law called unreasonable like dolly fees and load unload fees. I took them to small claims court. The judge began by asking the tow yard owner about his relationship with the property owner and how the decision was made to tow my car. Oh. The slimy tow truck dude answered. My cousin works there. If he says tow, I tow. It's 100% legal. The judge's eyebrows begin to rise. But, the dude continued. But what I detest the most your honor is this a-hole claiming I don't take credit cards. I'm a businessman. I take credit cards all the time. He's a low life that does not have any credit cards. That's why he wanted to pay cash. I was having a whole IT overload, and the judge saw me smiling and hopping in my seat and patting my manila folder of receipts. Do you actually not have any credit or debit cards? The judge asked me. I pulled out my wallet and showed him. And then I pulled out a time-stamped photo of the cash-only sign I took the day off, and another one I took the morning of the hearing. The guy mumbled something like okay you got me there and then had nothing but hug. I didn't know that when the judge asked him about the legality of each unreasonable itemized charge. Anyway, each violation pays double the total tow charge. And since there were three, that's how I made $1,800 on a $300 investment. My mom hit a guy on a bike with her car in a parking lot. She claimed he hit her. She also wanted to countersue the cyclist for scaring her. In her deposition she started every sentence with when I hit him. One of my friends got hit by a car when crossing the street, in a crosswalk, on foot. This was back when we were in high school. The guy tried to sue him for the damages to his car. At one point the lawyer called up my friend's mom and asked for the son's insurance information and pictures of the damage of her son's car. She explained that my friend was on foot, and the lawyer just went silent for a bit. He said I need to speak with my client, and hung up. He called back a few minutes later and told her that she wouldn't be hearing about this again. Edited for clarity. Ian Albert a friend of mine was a DWI attorney in New York for a while. He was defending a guy who was asleep in the backseat of his car while intoxicated and a niece trooper arrested him. On the stand. The trooper testified that he visually saw the key in the ignition. My friend gave him like 3 chances to walk it back. Are you sure? Trooper, that you actually saw the key in the ignition? Yes. Counselor, when a cop calls a lawyer counselor he really means a hole. And then my buddy dropped the hammer. 
You are aware that my client drives a Toyota Prius? Bam. No key. No ignition. Right? My car is the same. Them. This document doesn't state our company's name. So we are not involved in the settlement. Me. Line 4 specifically lists the company as the defendant. And then the company is referenced to in lines 13, 27, and 33. I swear, if you read the documents, you're a better lawyer than 90% of the ones out there. Unfortunately, reading the documents tend to be the hardest part of anything for most people. When I compared the scanned copy of the deed provided by the other side's lawyers to the original my client eventually got around to providing. The scanned copy provided by the other side had a witness signature. The original did not. I've caught this before. I wrote up a settlement recommendation because we had a sloppy record. Client came back with a much better record in response. No explanation of why they didn't provide it in the first place. So we called them. Turned out they used our settlement recommendation as a guide to improve their work. After the lawsuit was actually filed, it definitely wasn't an intentional attempt to commit fraud or perjury, but for my sake and theirs, I'm glad I caught that. Another trick I've seen in Reddit is the last page of the contract will have like one paragraph, then a bunch of blank space, then the signature lines. After you sign, they throw it in the printer and add a few more paragraphs not a lawyer, but we had no evidence that a woman who slammed into my stopped car going 85 miles per hour was drunk, until she indignantly admitted it on tape in her deposition. She busted into my deposition and demanded she go first because I was a lying beach. She excitedly told my lawyer that the police report was wrong because it said she was coming from the movie theater when she was actually coming from her friend's bar. Did you have anything to drink at your friend's bar? Of course. How many drinks I dunno. They just keep my glass full. Did you take any medicine that day? Methadone and low blood pressure medicine. I see. The cops had refused to breathe Elizahar at the scene because her husband was a firefighter that they knew personally. They told her to go home, sober up, and go to the hospital later. I heard the whole thing but had no proof until she handed it to me. They settled same day. Yeah, it's amazing what people will say when they're excited. I got rear-ended once. And the first thing she said to the cop was that she had just gotten her brakes fixed. But her car barely slowed down when she pushed the brake pedal all the way in. I made sure to pass that on to everyone involved. Before she said that, I was pretty worried. She came out of her car rubbing her neck. And her official address that she gave the cop was a P.O. box. Not exactly a knew you would win moment, but I got a hidden shout out from a federal judge in a ruling that I consider to be one of the high points of my career. Here's what happened. Before a hearing for an emergency injunction against USDA, I was watching the hearing before mine, a trademark infringement case. At the end of that hearing, the judge accidentally used a pun and could not stop laughing. She was literally crying. I decided at that moment I was going to intentionally use a pun in my hearing. I did. I accused USDA of engaging in a shell game by illegally diverting some federal funds to an egg industry trade group. The judge called me on it, but laughed heartily. My client won. The judge threatened to put the Secretary of Agriculture in jail. A major newspaper reporting on the case said the judge winced at my puns but agreed with my arguments. A false. When the written ruling was issued, the last sentence said that an injunction was issued against USDA's use of the funds for any plans they may be hatching. Undeniable shout out. Not lawyer. 
but represented myself in court, got a parking ticket and contested it due to misleading signs, took a bunch of pictures and brought it to court, judge agreed, and dismissed the case. Hold up, what about the towing fees I asked, as he was about to read the next case, got those back too. When I was younger I was being harassed by some debt recovery agency over money I didn't owe. Fees added to fees for a store card I'd closed out years before. I applied to have the debt set aside, which is basically where you challenge the debt recovery agency to prove you owe the money or lose the right to contact you about it. I turned up to court and the debt recovery agency didn't. The judge was so pissed, she asked me to estimate how much the inconvenience of attending court cost me. And when I told her my estimate, around £600 with travel, time off work etc, she said £1,200 seems reasonable. Two weeks later I got a check for £1,200 for refusing to pay some bogus fee. I can't believe I'm about to use the not a lawyer but loan but here goes. LOL. Tried to sell my home myself and the buyers wanted a term period for land contract before getting their own mortgage. I agreed to one year. Had a simple contract drawn up and after we both signed it everything seemed fine. Within 30 days they present me with their own legally drawn up land contract that was pages long to protect their investment. About page 3 it very clearly stated that if for any reason the home burns down, a purchaser will receive all insurance proceeds. First, I still had a mortgage and the proceeds would legally go to pay that off. Second, that's a pretty targeted thing to say. Not lawyers terms of the house being destroyed. And it's surrounded by woods and waterways. Just if it burnt down. Page 4 stated that this would remain a land contract until my mortgage was paid in full. So they'd never buy outright. I returned it to them with a letter stating those two things were never happening and I wasn't signing. They stopped paying so I began eviction. Six months later the lawyer I hired was an idiot and I'm sitting down with their lawyer myself. He brings out the contract they'd tried giving me and began talking about their ironclad case due to the agreement. I asked him to show me my signature. The look on his face when he realized it wasn't there. After we talked it turned out he knew them and wrote the contract without the burn the house down stipulation. Seems they added it, and under the belief it was a long term land contract. Not only did I win I'm pretty sure they lost a lawyer friend. I love lawyers when they realize that they are representing an a-hole who is clearly in wrong and quit. In court for a restraining order, my ex was adamant he had not nearly killed our daughter and that he did not in fact break into my house and point a gun at me the week prior. I was just a liar who wanted to keep his child away. When told I was asking for a full indefinite order which is zero contact ever. He said to his lawyer if this beach gets that order, I'm going back to her house and I won't fail this time. Sadly for him, his microphone was still on. The plaintiff was being deposed in the lawsuit she filed alleging sexual discrimination. She was claiming her boss had made some inappropriate innuendos and overtures. The defense attorney asked her if when the alleged statements or events took place, was she shocked? No. Was she offended? No. Was she damaged in any way? No. So why exactly are we here? Well. Honestly, I'd rather not be. Meanwhile her attorney stared straight down scribbling notes doodling. We ended the deposition there and asked her attorney if this was going away now. We got a call later offering to settle for $1000 and a letter of apology my best guess is she was pressured by a friend or family to talk to an attorney and the lawyers ran with it without really talking to their client. Did you settle? 
The alleged harasser irately insisted he would not apologize because he did nothing wrong. It took some convincing. But, yes, we settled. This was actually fairly recent. I was in a deposition of a fact witness to an automobile accident in which my client was killed. The defendant's attorney had called the deposition and over the course of an hour and a half or so elicited a lot of testimony which seemed to place my client partially at fault, which would impact my clients. Edit financial recovery after sitting quietly for an hour and a half i asked less than a dozen questions the last of which was about the specific location of my client when he had first seen them based on his answer it was clear that my client couldn't possibly be a fault i sent a follow-up letter that same day and the case had settled within the next two weeks wait your client was killed but it would impact his recovery am i missing something not the person you replied to, but I would assume financial recovery for the family of the deceased. Moments like this usually happen at bond hearings for me. It almost never fails. If the judge starts by saying something good for our side, he's going to deny bond 9 times out of 10. But if the judge starts by saying things like how these are some serious allegations and although he's not prejudging the case, there seem to have been some bad decisions made, etc. That's usually just the judge trying to put the fear of God in the defendant before granting bond so he'll behave while out on bond. Yes, he's a pedophile, but he's an old-fashioned pedo, you know, before it got such a bad name. So I filed the lawsuit in January. We exchange discovery. Each side sends questionnaires and gets carefully worded answers over the next few months. And I file a motion for summary judgment. Meaning I'm asking the court to let me win the case without a jury because the case is so obvious. Right before I file this motion, I figure let's review the discovery materials and see if there's anything I missed. And what do you know? The other side made a massive mistake on literally just the 4th out of 100 plus questions that I asked. It's a dog bite case. And every single time I asked about the bite, the response says something along the lines of we admit to this and that. But we deny that our dog was involved in any dog attack. Well, question 4 asks whether they admit that their dog was not leashed on the day when it bit my client. And they simply answer, admit, meaning, they admit their dog was not leashed. And they admit that their dog was the one that bit my client. That was the one thing that was genuinely in dispute. They tried to argue at the hearing that it was a mistake and they only meant to admit to the lack of a leash. But the judge held them to their word, most likely because the other evidence made it clear it could only have been their dog anyway. I knew the cops beat up my client and framed him. They described a knife in his possession that caused them to fear for their safety. Oddly, they never seized it. We won the criminal case and filed a civil rights case, while deposing one. He described the knife in detail. No more than 3 minutes later, he slipped up and claimed his partner told him my guy had a knife, but he never saw it himself. I told him, that's not what you just said, and saw him panic. His lawyer panicked too and asked to see me outside. When we got in the hallway, I withdrew my settlement demand, and the case settled for a substantially larger amount within 45 minutes. Why are cops like this? Average person plus powerful position. Empathy equals standard cop. When her curls were still intact. She's a happy person. And happy people don't murder people. Not a lawyer but a client. In my divorce trial, 
My ex-wife has spent about two hours explaining to the court what a pose I was and all the horrible things I had done to her and my children and that I was unfit to be a parent. Two solid hours. Lie upon lie. Just six months earlier, my wife had snuck into my house. She's the one who moved out and went on my computer to type me a love letter. Oh, you're so wonderful. You're such an amazing father. Great provider. Great husband. You've done so much for the community. Please don't leave me. That's the gist of it. Well, she didn't print it or sign. It was just a file on my computer left on the screen for me to find. So I'll challenge, after all her testimony to the contrary, get her to admit she wrote this letter. I told my attorney, ask her, she won't be able to lie if she's sworn in. Plus she's going to feel incredibly guilty about all these lies. So, he handed her a printout. He had one too. He started reading it. He asked her, continue the reading. She started to cry. He asked her, do you remember writing this letter? Her face was shriveling. She looked at her attorney and said I'm sorry Sandy, her attorney's first name. Then she looked at the courtroom and said yes, I wrote this. There was silence for a few moments. Then the judge said attorneys, in my chambers. Now, my attorney told me later, the judge understood that when your wife said I'm sorry Sandy that meant that her attorney was aware this letter might be brought up and that she had instructed her client to lie. The judge was F-U-R-I-O-U-S. Back in the courtroom my attorney went down the list lie by lie. Did he really do this? Did he really do that? When you say he was doing this, wasn't it really that? Etc. Then he had her read the entire letter again. After that, my divorce went from me being one stroke two inch away from losing all custody and relegated to supervised visits to- I got full custody. Made for TV or what? Ro, it sounds like her lawyer is the worst person here. Anyone antisocial would have just lied through their teeth about the letter if there was no proof she wrote it. Maybe there's hope for your ex. I'm not a lawyer, but I've been up against plenty of them as a union chief steward. Years ago we had an arbitration related to healthcare costs. The company spent the better part of a year trying to break us from pursuing the case. The day had come for our arbitration. The lawyer there were three. Actually, we were up against was actually Paul Newman's nephew. Anyway, it was my turn to take the stand. His first question to me was presenting the grievance as evidence and asking me what step it said it was on at the top of the page. Our grievance process is a two-step system. Progressing to arbitration if it's not settled. I said second step. Then he smugly asks and where is the first step? To which I replied the first step is a verbal discussion. It goes into writing at the second step. He looked hurt, but persevered anyway. A few more questions and he asked if the entire company got base level insurance. Instead of a premium option that would satisfy the contract. At this point he was hoping I would argue that the base level insurance wasn't sufficient. Because he was trying to paint the picture that we were just trying to get premium insurance at a base level price. I responded with yes. He looked dumbfounded. Asked me yes. I said again yes. That would satisfy the language in the contract. He kinda looked at his other papers he was going to submit as evidence. Then muttered no further questions. I knew at that moment that they had brought no real argument to the table. We got our answer from the arbitrator 6 weeks later. During a contract negotiations meeting. It was insanely satisfying watching them read the email during one of the sessions. And the immediate shift and demeanor from their side of the table. They got real quiet. We were awarded 100% of the arbitration. 
full back pay for all employees that were being overcharged, and reduced rate for the premium insurance. When the other side states an unsupportable position, and then being other lawyers, it happens more than you think, especially when you're in an industry with entrenched firms that get to dictate the discourse and standard of practice, doesn't mean they're right, it's easy to tell when they're wrong, it's just a matter of fighting it to prove it. Whoa, you made it to the end, you're a ducking beast, I'll cut you a deal, smash like and subscribe for more curated content bruh, it's free and that's a great price.